Welcome to the Bond Brain. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Bud West. Welcome back to the Bond Brain with another look at the Netflix series Spycraft through the lens of a James Bond fan. And this time, last time I looked at episode one, this time we're going to look into episode two. And in some ways, this really ties into a lot of the the fictional stuff we see depicted throughout the Bond films in that it talks about assassination. And, And let's face it. I mean, James Bond's not really a spy. He is more like a, a special ops soldier. He's an assassin. He's a lot of things, but he really doesn't spy. He doesn't really sit around and gather information. Now, this episode went into assassination, but specifically it went into assassination through the use of poison. And we've seen that in the Bond films. I mean, there's a few situations where we've seen Bond drugged, uh, The Living Daylights, Dr. No. uh, And then we've seen, even in Casino Royale, everyone remembers the scene where Bond's drink is spiked and he goes into cardiac arrest. But how, how prevalent is poison in the world of real spies? And if you watch this episode, it is really sort of eye-opening. And it's probably one of the more preferred methods throughout the ages. Now, this series goes way back in time and comes up to present day. And it talks about the reasons that they do some of these things and why they use poison. And a lot of that is that there's a distinct possibility that the poison will leave no trace. I mean, and if you think about that, if, if Casino Royale, if, if that had been an actual incident, you could very well have believed that, you know, oh my God, this man went into cardiac arrest. He had a heart attack. He's dead. And most people would be none the wiser. One of the things that I thought was really very interesting about it and how it tied into the films was really it, it's the way they develop these things in the spy world apparently is a combination of engineers working with chemists and trying to come up with innovative ways to deliver these poisons they go into one that looked like it was straight out of a batman movie i mean it was literally a dart in an umbrella that somebody shot at the end of an umbrella the dart had rice in it and ultimately killed the person that you know was the target they go into uh, a gas gun uh, that used used a vial of prusic acid uh, which apparently will vaporize into cyanide gas hit the gun in a newspaper sprayed it in someone's face and that person passed away uh, it went into even some of the background and uh, an organization or a program within the CIA under Alan Dulles called MK Ultra, which was the different experiments that they went into and the different research, even in some cases using human guinea pigs, to develop various weapons. And they, and they highlight a couple of them. One of them was, you know, a, a toxic dart, a, basically a gun that shot a poison dart and as silently as possible. Now, the thing that seems to be one of the things we never saw really in a, in a, in a Bond movie is they actually get into uh, a perfume bottle delivery method that they could use for a viral agent. They spray it on a door handle, you touch the door handle, and then ultimately you spread that around. And it's interesting that they refer to a perfume bottle. I mean, if you lived in the United States, you all remember years ago the conflict over the 
weapons of mass destruction and, and were there any and there weren't any in Iraq, according to, quote, the Dolphin Report. Well, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't really believe the newspaper reporters. I think that every newspaper and news source has an angle, whether it's from the right or from the left. Nobody really seems to inhabit the center. And I'm not one to trust reporters to pick and choose the information they pull from government reports. So I actually have a copy of the 9-11 Commission report, and I've read it cover to cover. And when it came down to the weapons of mass destruction piece, that was all pulled from what's called the Dolfer report. And I also read the Dolfer report cover to cover. I don't have it anymore. I gave it away so someone else could read it. But the thing was, when they got into this show and this perfume bottle delivery method for a poison, if you read that Delpha report, you would see that Iraq was basically trying to do the same thing. They were about, according to the report, five or six weeks away from importing common perfume bottles into the United States, which they would then stick on store shelves and get people to poison themselves. So they were about five or six weeks away from trying to pull off some type of mass poisoning event here in the United States or in another Western country. So they really go into that, um, coating the inside of of a hood with poison and pulling it over someone's head so that they inhale or come in contact with the poison. And there were some really unique and innovative delivery systems that they went into. The piece where they sort of differ in most of the Bond movies is, you know, if we look at Casino Royale, we see that poisoning sequence because it's the most recent and the most prevalent one. What we really see there is one adversary poisoning another. But when you look Throughout history, many of the examples that they pull in this episode really refer to situations where a government has a traitor who's selling secrets to the other side or has defected, he's running his mouth, he's making the government look bad, and that particular person then is needs to be removed. And they go into one particular uh, instance involving thallium. And we know that's, you know, that's the Mr. White situation in Spectre. And that, that's probably the case in all of the Bond movies where it's presented most accurately as to what generally goes on in the world. You know, in a couple of these situations, the lethality of these things is, is just incredible. In one case, one grain, the equivalent of a grain of sugar in polonium is enough to, you know, end someone's life. So I thought it was definitely a very interesting episode. I thought it definitely, there were some Bond ties there. You could see that in some cases in the Bond films, it, it probably is not accurately represented. And yet in Spectre, it, it pretty much is. Spectre is trying to silence or get rid of the guy who was one of them and has since, uh, you know, flipped or at the very least is, is working against them. So uh, it really even went into the fact that you know, that this, although we've had, you know, government trials in various nations and things have been shut down, the development or the investigation into new poisons and innovative delivery systems really just continues to this day. So, you know, I think it's a scene or a plot device in a fictional world that you're probably going to see in future Bond movies. Take a look, watch episode two. I didn't go into anywhere near the level of detail that they 
present. And one of the things that I really like about this series is they don't just say, hey, this country did this, that country did that. They actually give you real world examples. They show you the results. Um, And they even go into some failed poisoning attempts in this, which is pretty informative. But excellent episode. Really enjoying the spycraft. I think it's a great juxtaposition against the Bond films and the fiction and and, I, and I'm not trashing the Bond films, obviously, you know, we're, we're all Bond nerds, but, um, and, and you make a film, you got to make something exciting. You want to make something cool that's fun to watch. You don't want to get too accurate. But I think in some cases, this series is starting to really point out the fact that, you know, in a lot of cases, they are actually representing, in some instances, spycraft as it actually exists. And in other cases, it, it's a bit exaggerated. But I'm having a lot of fun doing these. Interesting show. Check it out when you get a chance. The next one is is really interesting. I believe episode three is Sex Nash. So, um, you know, I think we can find 24, 25 films in the Bond series that involve that. So, anyway, this has been Bud West with the Bond Brain. And the Bond Brain will return. Thank you.